What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 68. As always, I'm James. Finally back. Aaron Ping is back, finally. Uh-oh. What's and up, Aaron? What's up? What's up? What's up? Feels good to be back. Yeah, it's been a yeah. while, huh? Oh, yeah. Been a long time since you've been behind the, the mic. Well, shoot, man. It's been a crazy semester. You know? Oh, yeah. It's been a long semester. We're almost there. One more week and... We'll get a three-week break. Three-week break, yeah. So it's, it's good, though. I mean, It's good to see you again. Yeah, but me, too. It's good to see you. But I get to see you every day, so know, right? it's no different, really. But you look sexier with the headphones on and behind the mic. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. I like, I like talking. Yeah. So let's do this. <laughs> so we just watched UFC, what was it, 2? Two, 269. 269. What a yeah. good lineup. Oh, yeah, it was oh, great. Yeah, it was what, so- what was, uh, in your opinion, the fight of the night? I, it had to have been the the uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez fight, hands down. I agree. Oh my goodness. Hey, amen. Yep. Um, that was a hell of a fight. Yeah, it, it, and it reminded me a lot of the Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight back in what was it, 2013, 2014, when she like when that, Holly right? Holm been the, upset. It, yeah. It's been a while. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah, Juliana Pena was a plus 650 underdog, and so that makes her the second biggest upset in UFC history when it comes to women's uh, it, women's fighters. Fighting, yeah. It was a great fight. Yeah, it really that. was. The whole card was amazing. This is probably the best so, card and the, and the best event I've seen UFC put on in a while. Shout out to Dana White for putting that on. I was about to say, you know, I don't even, I've seen it all week. And I was just like, well, you know... Me, you know, me and you know, I, I knew that. Sorry, always following her. You know, she's a she's a badass lady. But then I, you know, I've been following on you know, Pena too, just because you know the last name, last name, coincidence, too, coincidence. <laughs> Good job, cuz. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I've I've been a fan of Juliana Pena since she was because she won the Ultimate Fighter. Mm. Um, back in 2013, they had an all women's Ultimate Fighter. It was Team Ronda Rousey versus Team Misha Tate. And Juliana Pena was on Misha Tate's team and won the whole thing. And I've been I've been following her and been a fan of her since then. And it was cool to see Misha Tate in the crowd, you know, cheering her on, you know. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty. That it was a pretty awesome experience to watch her. Yeah, pull off the beat, upset. That was up, huge. Yeah, she looked. For sure. Pena looked, you know, like the smaller fighter, but she had the the biggest heart in this fight. Yeah, she was just eating some punches, but she kept walking yeah. forward. She kept throwing them. Yeah, eating punches. She got knocked down a couple of times there in that first round. But she, I, look, I haven't she, seen Nunez get tired like that in a fight. No. no. That was normally, pretty remarkable. Because normally she, she finishes her fights like within like the first couple of minutes. You right. Know? So, uh, you know, she either knocks him out or, you know, submits well, him, I whatever. Mean, I mean, just begin at the beginning of the fight, I mean, you saw – I mean, just how much bigger. I mean, like when I mean bigger, like fit, like yeah. wider. Muscle, her her yeah. body was wide. I was yeah. like, damn, wide back. You know? Yeah. And it's just like you're like, well, shit. How do you beat that? Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, like you said, like Penny came in with that game plan and just kept. She wanted just, to wear her out, and she yeah. did. And the, no doubt, there's going to be a rematch, right? Oh, it has oh to I be. think I, I think for sure there's going to be a rematch. No doubt. Make it the main event, you know. Yeah, it should be the main. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first quarter of next year, or I mean, they 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 got to run it back because it was that remarkable of a fight. Poirier, he put up a good fight, but he just 
he couldn't outlast him. Oliveira, he couldn't have outlast him. He got choked out there. That was a pretty impressive move, too. Rear yeah. naked choke, standing and he's, rear he's naked known, choke. He's known for that. That's like his signature move. Um, he's done that to many opponents. Is yeah, climbed was... up, climbed up on that back, snuck that arm underneath that chin, and just chokes out his. Opponents. He's got the most submissions in UFC history. Yeah, that dude is yeah, a beast. No, those Brazilians, man. They, I mean, when it comes to that, yeah, kind that's of what stuff, that's what they're known. They're for. known yeah. for when it comes to submission, yeah. grappling, mm-hmm. ground game, mm-hmm. even their striking. You know, like Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Like you see, you know, I mean, not you know, I know I've seen from the. From the the American fighters, you know, they're always gonna you know, punch for punch, right at the face. Those Brazilians, man, they go for the body. They just those got the lot, complete game. A lot of those package, they've look, got it all. Yeah, a lot of like they said, kept throwing those knees. Swiss Army knife knees, you know, knees to the body. Like, I don't know. I'd rather get. It's almost like, like I, I don't want to get hit in the body. Like, oh man, punch that... me in the face. <laughs> like I, I get my stomach. Don't hit it. I'm, I'm shit myself or something like that. <laughs> like you would. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> right? It's well, it's really almost like Brazilian jujitsu is like a national sport in that country. Like other than obviously Brazil's known for soccer yeah. or football, right? Um. And then BJJ, so it's like, it's up there with soccer as like national the national sport, the yeah. national sport of that country. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody does Brazilian jiu jitsu and in, in that. And the part kids of the are entrenched at a young age. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. start training when they're super young. It's like they're it's like kind of like their way out. Like you do it, you know, and make it make them better, make it big. Yeah, because yeah. the they gate, do. the gate on this is probably huge. You know, from what they earned crazy how much they're earning now mm. compared to what they used to mm. yeah and what the, the fight of the night gets a bonus 50 grand i bet it was nunez and pena all the way yeah. Oh, yeah and then you get there's also submission of the night there's knockout of the night uh yeah there's all the kinds knockout of, of the bonus, night had bonuses. to have gone to uh the australian guy the heavyweight yeah. uh, the shoey uh, i can't dude. remember his name but he's a beast god dude that he's like dude. the Tuivasa, i believe is his name Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that sounds right. But man, talk. I mean, that was heavy. Like, God, dude, they're they're. I mean, they're just powerful. Like, I was like, I I remember just always watching them. You know, back in the day, that's that was always the main event, heavyweights. And then they kind of got away from them, and now, like, they're damn. starting to make a comeback because the the competition damn. is is you know been that much more competitive between yeah. the bigger guys, and they started finding good finders fighters, but. I, I like Derek Lewis. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. With his commentary. He, he does great <laughs> interviews, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask y'all, would y'all do a shoey? Which for those of you listening to the podcast, a shoey is very popular in Australia, which is where two of us is from. And basically drinking beer from a shoe is supposed to bring good fortune or good luck. Oh, so man. that's why. So that's why they do it. Um, so would you? And and it's supposed to be. And it's typically a. Ran, sometimes they take off their own shoe and drink the beer from their own shoe, but they typically take somebody else's shoe and drink from drink beer out of that shoe. So would you like say for example, if James were to take off his shoe right now, <laughs> would you pour that bush light in it and drink from it? For good fortune and luck. For good would fortune you? and luck. 
I, I mean, I'm very superstitious, so hell yeah, I would. Like, <laughs> like that's me. Like, I'm like, all right. Even if it's not your custom, you'd still do it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I would do it. I'm superstitious, though. That's yeah. just me. That's just me. Like, I'm like, hell, bring it on. Let's do it. Like, if it's like an exciting, huge moment, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to turn it down. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. pass it, pass it up. I, in a moment like that, you, you got to. Yeah. Especially if, if it's one of your traditions, you know. I'd probably do it too. And a lot of people, like, they see it and they're like, oh, that's that's gross. But when you think about it, I could I could understand and see it being gross if, like, the beer was sitting in the shoe for a long time. But he's literally pouring it in there quickly and then and then immediately drinking it. And most from of it's it. getting so, dumped all over yeah, your, your so, chin, your, your chest. So yeah. let's say somebody's got, you know, some nasty, <laughs> stinky feet, you know. Like, oh, I do. You don't want to drink out of my shoe, Penny. <laughs> you don't want to do it. I could do it. <laughs> if it was a celebratory moment, yeah, you would. It's a celebration, bitches. A celebration. <laughs> All right, Adrian, what is our first main topic of the evening? Well, while we're talking about fights, oh, yeah. obviously we opened up with talking about the latest UFC fights. I wanted to ask you guys, because we were kind of making fun of some of the fighters walkout songs oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> some of their songs were just like horrible uh, yeah a little suspect there so i want to know if you were a professional fighter uh ufc boxer etc what would your walkout music be okay man that's you tough. got one pinion yeah like, Go ahead. I got. I mean, straight up. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it would be Eminem. Okay. Uh, uh what is this? I uh, the way I am. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that to me right okay. there is one of the. It's a song. The Man, start of the song, a, you know, the yeah, beat the, and everything. And then he just. Yeah, and, and then his, he just, his he lyrics, just you know, attacks, all that. Yeah. yeah, I just. I mean, it's just man. I mean, that's or good. I mean, there's another Eminem song too with uh, with Date Dog. Um, oh man, what is the name of the song? Until I Collapse, is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. of the two, like both of them, great ones. That's all you know. I love Eminem, so Eminem's a good, good choice. choice, good choice, yeah. good choice. For me, you know, you're about to embrace a physical, brutal fight, so you've got to get your adrenaline going, right? So, me being the big Tupac fan that I am. I'd have to come out with the most disrespectful song of all time, <laughs> the best diss song of all time, and it'd have to be Hit 'em Up. That would get me going. That would get the crowd going. That would get the disrespect flowing, and I'd be ready. I'd be ready after that. It's the ultimate disrespect. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it gets you going. I, Hell, yeah. I'd have to. Or maybe even Master of Puppets, some Metallica. That's another great one too. Oh, man, that's a good one too. Oh yeah. Either just, one of those, just, I'll be good. I'll be good to go. Just the start of the song, you're just like, I mean, you, just you know what it reminds me of? One of our favorite movies, old school, used it in one of the scenes where they're where they're kidnapping yeah. everybody and they're throwing <laughs> throwing them into the van. All Spanish, just trying to run. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you tell me when I fucking kill you. <laughs> what about you, Adrian? Oh, um. You know, there's one song. It, it would have to be between either. 
Okay, so the two songs that get me hyped up the most. Number one would be A Tale of Two Cities by J. Cole. Man, that's a good okay. one. That's a great one. Okay. Number two would be Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I'm yeah, glad you yeah. said that. You know, because that was, I mean, that would be another one of mine, but man, that, I'm glad you those, said that. Yeah, those that's songs. A great, that's a good one. Those songs just hype me up, and they actually make me want to fight. Like, when I when I hear those songs <laughs> yeah. and they come on, like, I want to fight somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, if I were a fighter, those those two songs would, right there would, would be, They'd be perfect. What, what, gets me, what, what gets me going, for sure. Mm, sure. Those good choices. Great, great choices. topic. I, uh, I've never thought of that before. What what music I would like to walk out to until you m- mentioned what, it earlier. What if I said party of the USA? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've heard it all uh, when we watch these fights. The know. music they they play it's it's ridiculous sometimes. But hey, they're professionals. That's what get them get them going. That's what gets them going. I guess. Yeah, everybody has their own thing. So. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like it. What's next? All right, so again, sticking with the fight topic. So Barstool Sports has their own fight promotion (laughs) called Rough and Rowdy Fights. Oh, man. They are entertaining. And and James is the one who who introduced me to to these uh, fights. And so, James, can you please explain to our audience what are they? And personally, would would you pay to watch these fights? <laughs> honestly, it's kind of <laughs> like I compare it to professional wrestling when we were growing up. Like my grandparents were huge pro wrestling fans, and they would pay every every time pay per view would come on with the fights. That was every with month. the wrestling. Yeah, they would pay for them. We would go watch at their house, and it was just so entertaining. They would laugh at you know the the acting that the fighters would 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 give and, and express and everything, and the the wrestling was just the characters of each person were were larger than life, right? Well, the rough rough and rowdy promotions, the characters are real people, and this is just who they are. They're not putting on a show. <laughs> They're not like acting like a character. Or putting on this 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 mask where they they're not who they say they are, not who they are in 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 real life. These people are really like trailer trash, like people <laughs> that have been homeless, people that are just downright you know degenerates to put it that way. And it's an entertaining. They have like midget fights. They they have all types of different fights. They have female fights, male fights. They had Pac Man Jones fight. One of their top fighters um, a few months ago, that was entertaining, and Deion Sanders was doing the commentary. Oh yeah, it's just it's just time, it's entertaining. It's entertainment to a different level because it's it's so authentic to who these people are. I love it. It's like more entertaining than wrestling for me growing up. So yeah, I want to buy the next one. We Hell have yeah. to. Hell yeah, and I and I grew up a big wrestling fan too, and I and of course. Me growing up, growing up, I grew up with the WWE Attitude Era, mm-hmm. where you had Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Undertaker and um, Kane. Triple H, and this was yeah. back when wrestling was like real raunchy and you know right. And now nowadays it's all you know they kind of it's kind of corny. Cater, yeah, it's kind of corny, it's and they, played out. they they cater towards yeah. like 
more the younger, younger audience. Yeah. Um, you know, and and again, James is the one who who drew me to this rough and rowdy fights, and he tagged me in some videos um, on Twitter the other night. In real life, there's a guy that fights for Rough and Rowdy named his nick. His name is Trailer Park. Literally, <laughs> and he is tra- a proud Trailer Park resident. Let yes. me tell you. And <laughs> because he won his fight, they are going to pay to replace his or fix his teeth. He has no he, teeth currently. Yeah. So they're going to pay to get all like, like veneers put in. Yeah, like dental <laughs> implants or something. Yeah. yeah. And so it, when they told him this, he literally like broke down crying. Yeah, and he's <laughs> he's fought in a lot of fights for them, and I love the Barstool guys. I think they're hilarious and what they do. You know, they cover a lot of serious stuff, but they also they throw a lot of comedy into it into sports, and it's pretty cool that they branched out into boxing. I I would have never thought they would have went that far, but it's like a billion dollar company at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean even I mean they got their own you know uh, uh, betting. You know, mm-hmm. sport yeah, they branched out into betting too. Into, nah, I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like I mean, I know it's a bunch of dudes, just but they know what they're doing. I mean, they really do. They, it's not like, oh, hey, let's do this. Like, you know, no, they're doing it for a good reason. For you know, somehow they got to us, you know, locked in, and it's funny. And like I said, when I watched those videos today, I mean, I was just laughing my ass off. But it's like you said, it was entertaining. It was fun. It's funny. Because, like you said, bring back the wrestling days, like the old WWE was Stone Cold flipping off the people. <laughs> talking right, the shit. attitude. The, the, the whole shit talking. The outlandish things they would do, you know, pouring cement into a, yeah. a Lamborghini and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. The behind-the-scenes stuff Eek. that they would show. And the way the, the weigh-ins, we were watching them earlier, it's just they're, they're in your face, like explicit. It's it's. Outrageous. Oh, he's that bitch. <laughs> he's that bitch. It's that bitch. It's hilarious. They they antagonize the fighters to like get after each other. It's just entertaining. And Dave Portnoy is a a genius for what he's done. I mean, he started what like eighteen years ago with this company, and I guess it was just a newspaper. Like they would just print their own um, articles and stuff. And, and their own analysis on sports, and it kind of grew into what it is now. Because man, that dude's a genius. He needs right. to be. I hope he's listening so he can, you know, sponsor our podcast and we can be part of the sure. Barstool brand. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be awesome. I mean, oh yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like, like if you decide to get it, I'd like to watch it because it was man, it was just cool. Was would funny. you personally pay for it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, might as well, you know. Shoot, I mean, I I, I buy dumbass shit anyway, so might as well, <laughs> right? Might as well keep going with it, right? I mean, if you're gonna buy I shitty should... porn, you might as well, yeah, you exactly. know, buy rough, rough and ready <laughs> right. pay per view too, you know. The girls never came. <laughs> it's funny because like you have to before you watch the the rough and rowdy stuff, you have to watch all the stuff building up to it because they do a good job of building the story between the two fighters. And so you have to know all of their like uh, dysfunctional history to to mm-hmm. so you're fully prepared for when the fight happens. It's hilarious. It, it's it's a bunch of fucking hillbilly motherfuckers. It's great. <laughs> well, speaking of wrestling, one of these days we need to go to Marshall's Tavern over on Sixth and watch the 806 bar fights. 
Marshall's Tavern. Really? Where's that at? So Marshall's Tavern used to be Austin's Pub on Sixth Street. Oh, okay. They have fights in there now. Yes, it's it's called Eight Hundred Six Bar Fights, but it's like wrestling. It's uh, not. They it's, can fit a ring in there. Apparently. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know it's a big place, but I, I mean, I'm like, you think about a wrestling ring. I mean, that's a. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I would say about. Half the size of this damn garage right now. You I, know? I'm sure it's not a full size. It's got to be like half yeah. or three quarter yeah, size. I've like I've that. seen I've seen them promote it on Facebook. I've never seen it. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like uh, professional pretty, amateur pretty, wrestling. I'm pretty sure, like entertainment wrestling. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure I sent sent you guys like a screenshot of one of the promotion posters, like on Snapchat in our group. Oh, we're gonna have to check that but, out. That <laughs> yeah, would be uh, fun. You're sitting in a bar and you're watching these two guys get after it and yeah, act I'm, a fool. If Fuck not, yeah. I'll have Sign to me resend up. it. I'll have to resend it to you guys. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> that, that's cool. Like, that's, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, that's like drink, a bar stool idea. Drink right a good beer, sit there, watch them <laughs> corny ass little. You know, but, hey, that's pretty cool though. Like, like I said. Money going to stupid shit. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> or we can just go on a Saturday night to the Hamlet Shopping Center and to All the re- right. to the Wrestleplex. It's oh, BYOB. Yeah. It's BYOB. We've it's talked like, about doing that. It's like before. ten dollars to get in. That one would be pretty freaking entertaining, right there. Yeah, because it, it's like in a location where you would never expect that to be going down. Yeah, you know. I guess it's been there for a while, right? It has been. Yeah, it has been. I swear you find some weird stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just switching gears here for a little bit. So we're done talking about fighting for now. Um, switching gears to college football. Oh, All right, bowl good. season is around the corner. Oh yeah. Why is it not the same anymore, though? Oh man, the the rules. But the the whole transfer portal and players opting out and there's so much emphasis on the playoff. Now. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just the whole political thing behind the playoff. Like you, you know, I mean, you, you got, I mean, you have Cincinnati that's whatever, fifteen and zero, sitting at fourth. You know, I mean, you got Bama at one, you know, one, and you got. Uh, Michigan at two. two which I, I respect Michigan. Michigan work, has worked their tail out to get there. You know, then Georgia, you know, three. And then, but then, you know, it's just the whole, I don't know. These, I get tired of hearing, you know, just about, well, this is the, you know, this could be it. It's, I mean, like, well, you know, what happened to the good old days where it was like, here's number one, number two. Boom. The BCS era. Yeah, right. The poll era when they would And I guess sometimes rank I, them. sometimes I kind of miss that sometimes because it was like I mean, survival of, the, you know, yeah, survival. The rankings are, are essential for college football because there's 130 teams. So you've got to be able to to distinguish who's who's better than who, and there's not a huge playoff right now. There's only four teams, and eventually it's going to go to 12, which I can't wait for that to happen. But for me, like bowl season, I remember growing up, turning on the TV – being excited to watch any bowl that came on, you know, on a random Tuesday during Christmas break. That was awesome. Yeah. And I felt like it was it was exciting and teams players wanted to be there. They wanted to to perform it and do their best. But now it's not that way anymore because it doesn't mean as much now. Players have their eyes on the NFL so much that they forget 
the blood, sweat, and tears they put with their with their team, with their brotherhood, with their with their university, and they don't finish out their careers because they're so you know anxious to get to the NFL. I just I don't like it. I'm not a fan of the opt outs and all that stuff because it it, it it takes away an essence of what college football is. You know. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like hey, you know you're gonna go play these games and then uh, if you want you know just we'll, we'll call it good. It's like no man. I mean, I mean, I know we've always been told you finish what you start. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess it goes back to that just mentality of you start it, you finish it. And I think that's what's killed bowls now is the, mm-hmm. the fact that people don't put as much weight on them because of the fact kids can quit, basically. Opting out is quitting for their future, which I understand. They want to – they don't want to risk the injury, but – Play for something. Play for your university that you've spent, you know, three, four, five, even some of these super seniors six years at. Yeah. I just – I think it just hurts the game. It hurts the tradition because college football is built on bowls. Bowls have always been around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the number. I think the number of bowls, too, sometimes you're like, golly, this is the uh, – Refrigerator bowl, you know, you got the, you know, the, the cheese it bowl, bowl, cheese the it bowl, you got AutoZone bowl, bowl. Auto yeah, bowl. you got all these different, bowls. but I mean, like Chick Fil A bowl, like you said, you know, like I don't, if they would just emphasize every, you know, every game, you know, every bowl game, it'd be pretty cool, you know, like you know, hey, this is what's going on today, you know, hey, this is gonna be a good match, you know, build it up, just build it up, and. I mean, for a player, I don't understand why it wouldn't be a good idea to go out there for one more game and, and showcase what you can do on a big stage, on a national stage, and put more tape out there so you can get a better draft position once you declare for the draft. It just it sucks because, you know, Oklahoma, my team is going to play Oregon. We've already had four guys opt out. Oregon's had their defensive end opt out who's going to be the number one pick of the draft. And it just it takes away the – the competitive edge that, that could be there if all those players were to, were to play, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a bummer because I like to watch the bowl games. I know that there's a lot of them, you know, there's some that are just ridiculous. The names are crazy. The branding's crazy, but I think it's good for the schools. It gives them extra practices and that's good development for the program moving forward because they get 15, I think around 15 practices Hey, that's that's good for next year, for the program leading yeah, forward. Yeah. You know, to get those young guys all those reps, and it's a good springboard into the next season. But do you agree with teams only having to win six games to get into a bowl game? I think that's trash. Six games. Yeah, they can go <laughs> six and six and get into a bowl game. Hey, no, that's terrible. Know, I, my, my red Raiders. I mean, that's that. kind of <laughs> like it's, it's kind of. No, like, I agree. No, I'm 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 like I like. It. It's kind of like, you know, kids ain't giving everybody a participation award. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's yeah, six games ain't nothing, you know. And and I think if they were to add more teams to the playoffs other than four, like if they were to have 12 teams in the playoffs, then you wouldn't have so many players like, for example, right. Oklahoma and, and Oregon uh players opting out because they would still have that chance mm-hmm. to win a national championship. 
So if they were to add more teams to the playoffs, you wouldn't have so many players opting out. I agree with and, that. And you know, because they're right. scared to get hurt or whatever. The the expansion is inevitable. It needs to happen for the the health of the game and the tradition of of the game because it's kind of fading a little bit with you know coaches moving around, players entering the transfer portal. Just times have changed. But yeah, the, if the playoffs were expanded, it would keep more teams engaged and interested in finishing the season because realistically by week 10 or 11, you could still have the top. If you're in the top 25, you still have a chance to get in the playoff. If you, if you have uh, a good enough record and if your schedule strong enough to get into that top 12, oh, yeah. you still have a chance if you're from 12 to 25. So I think it's, it's going to, it's going to happen. I don't know when, hopefully within the next few years, because we need it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the advice, I think, you know, that committee and everything like that. I mean, what bothers me, like you said, they, I mean, the only thing they look at sometimes is just the money, you know, and I know, you know, you gotta, it's, you gotta make money, you know, so you can, you know, help the program out and everything like that. But at the same time, like you said, it's just, it's, you're killing the game. You're killing the game to the fact, like you said, just these players are opting out. There's no before finishing it up. Right. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know if I always had a chance, you know, and to be called a, a national champion would be incredible. Like, to add that to the, the resume, like, that, to me, that's important. That's just, I don't know, that's just a me thing, though, you know, like, that's important yeah. to me. I think it would just increase your value and, mm-hmm. and your overall, um, from an outsider looking in, your character if you were to finish the season and, it doesn't matter what bowl game you're in. If you finish the season and you, you know, you you finish what you started, you have an opportunity to put that extra tape out there for NFL teams. I think it's a good thing to play in a bowl game. You know that we've seen some tragic uh, incidents where a player gets hurt in a bowl game. Jalen Smith, yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got hurt with Notre Dame in the bowl game, and he actually, you know, played well and he recovered from his injury. There are very few instances where that happens. You know the worst injury I saw ever, ever to this day when was on Willis McGee. Yeah, Willis McGee. Yeah. Whenever, whenever yeah. excuse me. Whenever the Miami man, I still remember that knee. I was like, oh, it was nasty, wasn't it? I was like, oh, and I mean, and you know, he got you know he got drafted and everything, but it just like he wasn't the same after that. I mean, he still had a good career. Right. But, I mean, shoot, that boy was incredible in Miami. And the chances of you getting hurt in a bowl game are very slim, slim to none. So why not represent the university that's helped you out these four years, five years, you know, pay for your education. Why don't you finish out what you started with your brothers, for your coaches, for the fans. And it, it just hurts the bowls, and I hate it. Because I don't, I don't care if it's a Sun Bowl, Cheez It Bowl, Liberty Bowl. They all should mean something because that's the tradition of the sport. That's what the sport's founded on, and and it gives teams opportunity to expand their brand in the postseason. So I think it's a good thing. I, even if we do expand the playoffs, I think we should still have bowl games. Maybe not as many, but still have some. Maybe have like a draft. These big organizations and, and corporations that put on these bowl games, maybe they should be able to pick 
you know, instead of just having like a Big Ten versus Pac-12, maybe they should be able to pick from a list of any teams and and choose those games that are the most appealing. Make it appealing to the viewers. Make it make it appetizing instead of just you know, okay, you know, we have to have like the third best team in each each conference. Let them pick. Let them pick the matchups. You know, speaking of you know balls and everything, you know, I'm looking forward to the old. Texas Tech and Mississippi State. You know, That'll you be know, an interesting one. Get to go former coach. Former coach, Mike Leach. Did you see so, his comment? Did you read it? I didn't get to. I mean, I, I, I think I did. I just can't remember. He's like, yeah, Tech Tech has cowbells, but ours will be louder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I saw that. I mean, that's exciting, you know. But I'm still, like I said, I'm a Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. So. Oh, yeah. Every Tech fan does. Mm-hmm. He did a lot for them in that university. And it, it sucks that it didn't work out because I liked him, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he, like, it's they, a great they, coach. They, they fucked him. So. <laughs> I mean, he was our offensive coordinator in, in 99 at OU. So it was over that uh, crybaby kid, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fuck that motherfucker. Craig James, right? His yeah, son. Yeah. Whatever his name was. I bet. I remember I talked. I, I remember I saw him out. And I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> he just kept walking away. I was like, yeah, bitch ass. Did he like, end up transferring and leaving? So I was like, "Yeah, he ended up leaving because he was getting too many threats, pretty much." Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. I mean, Especially with the tech fan base, I bet they were after his ass. Oh yeah, I was like, "Get out!" Because he ran off the the best coach Tech's ever had. My daddy's gonna get you. Fuck you, man! Like, and he knew he had leverage because his dad was, yeah. you know, an analyst. He was well known, former player too. He played at SMU, so in the early '80s, mid '80s, when they were really good, mm-hmm. Eric Dickerson and all of them. But yeah, bowl season. I'm gonna watch it still. I'm gonna watch as many games as I can. Well, who's your prediction? Who's gonna be crowned? Hmm. Okay, out of Cincinnati and Alabama, I'm going to root for Cincinnati, but I just don't think they have enough to beat Alabama. I think it's going to be closer than most people think, but Alabama is going to win by a a couple scores. You know, Bryce Bryce Young just won the Heisman today. He played incredible against Georgia. When you have a transcendent quarterback like that, it's just, it's hard. What do you think, Adrian? What do you got? Well, I would like Georgia to win it all, but, I mean, after seeing them get demolished, demolished by, by, by Alabama, they what, what, they scored 42 points on their defense? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I mean, that was the first time they gave up more than 20 points in the entire season, but I mean, obviously Alabama right now has the momentum. They do. They're the hottest team right now in the so, top four. Yeah. Now, Michigan uh, and Georgia, I, I think Georgia's going to beat Michigan no, and it's going to be a rematch of Alabama and Georgia. No. You think Michigan's going to do I it? Think Michigan, I think Michigan can do it. Really, I, don't, I don't think Michigan can beat Georgia. I think they can. I, I think I, they have a chance, yes, but I just don't I don't see it happening. I I, I, I hope it happens. But. I think they can. I think you know how they did it this year. I mean, 
and you know we've seen it in the last couple of years. You know, with Michigan, you know, though. I mean, they, you know, they always blew it at the end. Of, you know, with well, with like Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. or Michigan State. You know, or but this year they actually came through. I mean, with every game and everything. So, I think they got their head straight. I think the coach, you know, Harbrog, whatever it was Harbrog, whatever. Yeah. He uh, he has it them ready. I think he has a good game plan. I think he'll go in. I felt like if I mean if, if they lose to Georgia, I think they lose close. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. That's going to be a hell of a lot better game than Cincinnati and yeah. Alabama. I, you know, I, I, but I think they'll go and win. I think they'll win. If they lose, it's going to be close. Michigan has a really good D-line. They've got that Hutchinson kid at D-end who's going to be a first-round draft pick. And they've got a good running game. So if they can control the line of scrimmage and and run the ball, I think they've got a chance against Georgia. Uh, Georgia's defense is not as good as we all thought they were. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you're still going to – I mean, you're still going against Bama, though. I mean, that's – but even being – the best, you should be able to stop the best too, right? Yeah, I think it's just going to be a rematch, Georgia and Alabama, and I think Georgia's going to get them the second round, second time around. I think they're going to win it, win it all. They'll get their shit together after that Alabama loss, I think. Yeah, exactly. But you never know. I hope Cincinnati just surprises everybody. That's what's great about college football is you never know what's going to happen. Any given day, any team can lose. Yeah, like you said, maybe since he can – Come in and you know pull the upset like uh, when Boise State beat OU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't a BCS championship. Uh, that was just a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, get see, out of look, here. see, look at him. See, look at him. He's getting offended <laughs> over here. It's that like, one still hurts. It's okay. Statue of Liberty. It's okay. Looking ladder. Tech. We've never been there. So. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't for a national championship. But we've lost uh, a handful of those anyway. Yeah. No. <laughs> I had to give you a hard time on that one. All right, next topic. So we're talking about college football playoffs. Oh. Let's switch gears over to the NFL. Mm. All right. All right, the mm. NFL. We're in, what, week 14 now? Yep. So playoffs are approaching. Who is the favorite to win it all, and who is the dark horse? Ooh, man. Ooh, the dark horse. Ooh. What do you think, Pena? Okay. So, if we do Dark Horse, are we doing the AFC Dark Horse and the NFC Dark Horse? You can do both. I think that'd be a good way to go, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll start. I'll, let's talk a little bit about Dark Horses. I think that's a good way to start. If I have to go with Dark Horse, you know, I'm going to go with it. Especially AFC. I'm going to go with AFC. I, I still feel like the Bills are Bills. the Dark Horse. The dark okay. Horse. They really are, you know, and uh, I know they had a hard loss, you know, against New England and, you know, this last week on Monday night, which was a crazy game with that wind and everything. Yeah. What do they say? Pats only threw the ball, like, what, three or four times or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was uh, hardly any. Yeah, I mean, cause, but, I mean, it was a crazy game, but uh, they're just that team, you know, like I said, the Bills are just, they're scary. They're scary team. They're scary, but they always get there. They make the playoffs and they just can't can't get the job done. You know, ever since those those Super Bowls they lost in the nineties, it's kinda like there's not a lot of um 
not a lot of hope there with the Bills. But for me, for the AFC, I would have to say Dark Horse would be the Patriots. Okay. I'd have to go the Patriots for the AFC. Now, the NFC, I'm going to go with my Cowboys. I agree. I think we can get hot. We can get hot in the playoffs, and we can surprise some people. We can get to the NFC Championship. Now, whether or not we'll win it, that's another story. But I think we can we can make a push this year. I think Cowboys – I was going to say the same thing with the NFC Dark Horse. It's like I think the Cowboys. I think people are just – you know, they're like, well, you know, they're just having a year. I, they're going to come in. They're going to be – they're going to be – like I said, I'm not going to say, say they're going to blow everybody out, but they're going to give their – Give everybody. Pollard the ball, please. No shit. Like, come on, Zeke. Just – just I don't know. Go go get another nose pierce or something. Shut the fuck up. Like, just get your five to ten carries and let Pollard take the load. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man. I, I think the Cowboys have a chance to, to make some noise, but, you know, we always say that and we always get our hopes up. Right. But, yeah. The Patriots and the Cowboys. Those are my two dark horses. What'd you got? All right. So, as far if we're just sticking to dark horses as of right now, Mm -hmm. um, I think dark horse in the AFC for me, mm, I would probably go with Indianapolis. Mainly just because mainly just because of Jonathan Taylor. He's he's tearing it up. Um great running back. Awesome running back. Yeah, he's 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 amazing. Um I I don't see Carson Wentz being strong for them if they if they do make the playoffs. Uh like I think right now they're 7 and 6. So I mean they still have the they still have a chance. I mean mm-hmm. Baltimore in that division is 8 and 4. So again, they still have a chance to make a wild card or even win the division, just depending on what what happens. I yeah, mean, because the there's still because yeah. there's still what three more games left. Yeah. So I mean, anything can happen. Exactly. So. I mean, we've seen you know in the last couple of years we've seen you know some some crazy yeah. you know yeah predictions or whatever. Everybody's oh this is what and then all of a sudden it freaking happened. You know, it's like absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. All right, now you know. Like I said, I'm, you know, just going back to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, my Cliff, my Cliff Kingsbury man. Are they your favorite is, right now to uh, take you, it all? I think, I think they have a good shot winning the the end of just the NFC. You know, not winning it all though. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're them, gonna win. them and the Packers are the two top dogs right uh, now. You know, you know, me and the Packers, I just don't get along with the Packers. <laughs> Adrian's feeling nah, good about that. Nah, nah. She likes <laughs> she likes what I said about that. But yeah, those those two teams, I think that the Cardinals have a really good chance yeah, this year. You know, and oh yeah, absolutely. Um I do think my Packers have the easiest of the schedule, the the last remaining schedule. What sucks for Arizona is they're in a tough division where I mean like I said, the NFC West is by far the best division in the league. And uh by the way, we swept all of them. <laughs> we beat we beat every single team in the NFC West. That's right. But um I I think that um we have the easiest schedule, so hopefully we get the number one seed and uh, everybody will have to come through Lambeau Field uh to get to the Super Bowl. 
And that's always the hardest place to play, especially in in January. Oh, yeah. And I I think, you know. And December. (laughs) Absolutely. And um, which, of course, Tampa Bay won there last year. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily make Green Bay invincible if they're playing at home. Um, But I think this year is different. Number one, our defense is so much better than it was um, last year and the year before. Way, way more different. And other teams, like, say, Tampa Bay, for example, are are not the same. No. Um, And so I I would assume that if, say, if it's another rematch in the NFC Championship between us and Tampa Bay, I, I feel like we would... We would win that, um, but we'll see. You never know. Um, I mean, the the connection of you know Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is just lethal. That's that's what's going to take them over the top mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Such a ma- mismatch, and I, I think it's safe that you can say that the the Cardinals are the NFL's best team right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and I remember last year, you know, just we always, you know, we talked about, we always were, we were on the Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kansas mm, City. You know, so I, glad I, that's kind of dying down. I, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they're I still mean, a top I, 10 I, team in the NFL, but. I, but everybody now has figured out how they, to, what to do. That's the, the, here's the things with the Cardinals, though, is they literally have the hardest schedule out of all the playoff teams because here's their schedule, okay? Here's their schedule. So. Monday night, they play the Rams. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough division a tough game. It's a tough game. After that, they play the Lions. Going to be an easy win for them. But then their next three games, they play the Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Well, the good news is they are getting healthy, and they do have a stout defense. So They do have a stout defense. I think but, that defense is going to carry them but through that stretch. Four out of the five teams that they're playing are above average over 500 teams, right. potentially mm-hmm. playoff teams that are all playing for something. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's going to be tough. I mean, um, we'll, we'll see how they can handle it. But that's awesome, though. Like, that's great football. You know, because the last couple of years, you know, in the NFL, it's just been like, blah. You know, just kind of mm-hmm. been there. And now we're getting these teams that are just, you know, I mean, you got Detroit. It's just Detroit. It sucks. You know, good. Just stay there. You know, and then they're, <laughs> they're, they're the last in yeah, the league, you know, and then you got all these other, but you know, they're all fighting, they're yeah. fighting, they're killing each other, and you know, for that spot. And that's what you want a good, exciting NFL. Yeah, one, one good the thing back is, half of the season is always exciting. Yeah, one good thing about it though is they play the Rams, Colts, and Seahawks at home, but they'll play the Cowboys and the Lions on the road, which again, the Lions, which. Here's the thing about the Lions is that towards the end of the season, every year the Lions always upset people. So I would not be surprised if the Lions beat the Cardinals yeah, on I the mean, 19th I mean, of December. I don't, you're right because the thing about it. I would not I would not they don't have any, they don't have, I mean, at this point, I mean, they're just playing to keep contracts Because they're, they're just playing to just get that, that, that W in the, in the column. And, you know, that might be a point where, which I don't think it would happen, but, you know, the Cardinals may want to start resting players. Who knows? Um, but I, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if the Lions win that game. I would not. 
I would yeah. not be surprised. Well, I, um, I think it's a good it's a good matchup right there. You know, being in Detroit. Do you think and, um you think Tampa Bay will repeat? Repeat as AFC champions? I hope not. I, I mean, fucking NFC hate champions. Tom. I fucking hate Tom Brady. I, and I hope to God that we <coughs> smash the fuck out of them I don't think in the gonna, playoffs. I don't think they're going to repeat. I, no, I'm going I hope with, not. I'm going with a no. I like Tom Brady. He is the greatest of all time, but there, there's got to be a new king. Is he really, though? In my opinion, yes. Is he really? Objectively, look, yes. Look at what the Patriots are doing without him. Yeah, but look what the Patriots did last year without him. Okay. Not a damn thing. Okay, but who was their quarterback? Mike Jones. Jacoby <laughs> Jacoby Brissett? Or <laughs> Just kidding. No, it was all, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But if it's a system thing, then you can plug and play most quarterbacks, and they should be have some level of success. And, you know, without Tom, they took a dip. I mean, Tom now is playing with the best cast of – weapons he's ever played with in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Absolutely. And Bruce Aarons, I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got he's got Mike he's got, it all. he's got Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown as receivers and tight end. I think they're still a, the favorite a, to win a, it at this point. A decent enough defense. Yeah. Um they're just you you can't dethrone them until they've actually been dethroned and i mean they're still a hot team right now and i think they've got it i think right now they've got a chance i think and this is with no bias but i think right now green bay dallas maybe not dallas green bay and arizona are better than tampa bay right now yeah there's a solid argument there i like that it's a good one yeah I feel like Green Bay and Arizona have a more solid defense than Tampa Bay. And we all know how Tom plays once the playoffs come around. Yep. He's going to play well. He's going to be efficient. He did throw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. I didn't know that. We, I feel like Green Bay lost that game. Um... There was a lot of mistakes made on the offensive side. There was mistakes made on the defensive side, too. But I feel like we shot ourselves in the foot in that game. And we should have won that game, but we didn't. It should have, would have, could have. It is what it is. But I think this year, this year is just so different. Like, number one, our defense is better. And number two, Aaron Rodgers is... I'm not going to say he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Oh, he is. But. He's out to all, prove something. All that. He's out to prove people he, wrong, oh, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All that media attention that he got in the offseason for, for sitting out, and then he came back, and then all the shit with the COVID. It's like inevitable that we win the Super Bowl. It's inevitable that we win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's setting up really nicely for Green Bay to get there again and to actually win it. And I would be all for it. I'm a, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I like Aaron. He's a great quarterback. You know, he is elite. He's still elite. Playing at a high level. He's the GOAT, James. And then, you know, you've got guys like <laughs> Zadarius Smith 
there, he's, the coming back, he's, he's coming, coming back. He's coming back this week. And so a is, couple corners, so, right? Coming so, back. So is Jair Alexander. So we're we're getting our two best. Getting healthy at players. the right time. Uh, so they're they're dangerous for sure. I want to say David Bakhtiari is coming back too. One of our best, our our bet, not one of, but our best offensive. It's all right, we'll see you in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. We don't have Des anymore. Lamb will catch it. No question. <laughs> all day. All CD. Gonna yeah, catch it. Gonna catch that CD. They gonna come through. And for that us. would that would be so awesome if it was the Packers and the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game because there was so much bad blood between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. That would just be so good storylines there. Yep, <laughs> that would be good. It's like the NFL is setting this up on purpose. You know, that was WWE right here. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, the refs will make sure it happens. I'm sure. <laughs> For real, These fucking refs are terrible in the mm-hmm. league. Every year. The other day, the quarterback know. that was running downfield, no, he I'm went to slide, dip. but he faked it, and he kept running. He fooled the defense, fooled the the back end of the defense, and Man, they now scored. there's a rule change. Then yeah, all of a sudden they're like, oh hey, uh, if they try to do that again, you gotta blow it dead. It's like, uh, I'm like. Mm. First of all, you know, as a demon, you go, you keep going until you see that dude slide, right? You're yeah, supposed you're, to. You're, you're trained to put the guy on the ground, yeah. and if he's not on the ground, the play's still going. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I thought that was so stupid because they were like, "Well, I saw him kind of turn to light, up, you know, lighten up a little bit." So I said, "No, like that." I don't. I, that rule's stupid. That's a stupid ass rule to have that because there's so many new because, stupid rules in because football. Because that coach got well, they scored and like, well, that's your fault. That's your fault. That's your players' fault. You should have said you don't. To me, it's no different than a move than a juke. It's deceptive, just like it is when you change direction. When you put your foot in the ground and you change from left to right you you spin it's all deception and that's what that is so i don't see it as being any different yep. you know it's well, a stupid change it is i was like you can't you can't just sit here and say oh here it is here's the rule the game's just changed it's changed so much but yeah nfl man i just think the, the cardinals are gonna win it all so we'll see go cliff Woo! go kyler okay <laughs> all right y'all so I figured that we would end the podcast with a Merry Fuck Kill edition. Fuck yeah. We've been talking about mostly sports this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're getting back to our roots. Yeah, yeah, like so, Merry Fuck Kill. Mm, let's do this. All right, what you got? MMA, boxing, or wrestling? Oh, man. Oh, okay. That's a good one. All right. Combat I just, sports. I just came up with that on the fly, James. <laughs> hey, I like it. I'm ready. All right, go ahead, Aaron. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill boxing. Oh, how dare you! Uh, I'm gonna communist. I'm gonna fuck wrestling. I'll marry MMA. Okay. I think that's a good way to go. Hey, man, the popularity that MMA has gained over the past 15 years is unreal. I mean, I mean I'm not, I mean, you know, with boxing, I mean. It's, it's just the, the total package of fighting. There's some, I mean, there's some good boxing. I'm not going to say it's, it's terrible, but it's just good. Right. You know, it's not like we used to be. So, yeah. Yeah, I would have to uh, 
fuck boxing because I, I couldn't kill it. It's too, it's too rich in tradition. The sport has so much history. It's been around forever. Can't get rid of boxing. Okay. So I'll fuck boxing. I will kill wrestling because wrestling is kind of, we're talking about like entertainment wrestling, right? Yeah. Yeah. I but just, I mean, you could talk about college wrestling too. I mean, I'm not a big wrestling fan. But the sport that embodies everything all mixed into one is mar- mixed martial arts. And I'd have to fuck or marry mixed martial arts because that's the ultimate art form of fighting combat sports. It's entertaining. It's real. It's passionate. It, it's all of that wrapped into one. So I, I couldn't get rid of um, MMA. I'd have to marry it. It's at the top. Like I love watching the fights. Like it doesn't get nothing gets me more like pumped up than watching MMA fights, but wrestling is just it's not the same. It's not the same for what it used to be when we were kids growing up. When it was super hot, Attitude Era, you know WCW, WWF, all those great wrestlers and the the, the larger than life characters that they they acted out. It was great then, but now it's just fallen off. So yeah, I can do away with that. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I would I would marry I would marry MMA, fuck boxing and and kill wrestling. I started watching MMA in the early 2000s when The Ultimate Fighter first came out. The first season, it was Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture and um I I was hooked since. Mhm. Now it does get you I will hooked. I will say that over the last couple of years I haven't been paying as much attention to UFC just because you know a lot of your great fighters that I that I grew up watching mm-hmm. have have come and gone now mm-hmm. like GSP, yeah. Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin, Forrest Griffin, yeah. um Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, Rampage um, Jackson. Leota Machida, I mean Shogun, BJ um, Penn, Crow Cop. I mean, I could just go on and go on and go on and name all these legendary fighters who are no longer in the game. Um, and I think that's what's kind of withdrawn me from UFC because I, I literally, anytime there was a pay per view fight, I was buying it or I was going to the bar to go watch it, mm-hmm. one or the other. Because that's how hooked I was on UFC. Because every card was going to be good. But now it's like, it's iffy. Like I said, this this fight tonight, UFC 269, was the best fight I've seen in a while. I would say at least in a good two years. At least. There's just so many new fighters I, out there I don't know a lot about. And it's just kind of hard to keep yeah, up with. Yeah, that plus COVID, of course... Um, is, is another big reason, of course, COVID ru- has ruined everything. There's not many names that <laughs> stick around and fight there's not. for there's a long not. duration of time anymore. I mean, there are some, and then you see the, the greats fall, like, you know, Connor fell, you know, <laughs> over the past yeah. few years. I just hate to see that. And it, it, that's the nature of the sport though. Yeah. You don't stay on top very long in MMA. Yeah, that's that's very true. Like it, in and in boxing, it's different. Like Canelo's been on top, the best pound for pound, pound for pound fighter, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just when you think someone is like worthy enough to compete against him, he just obliterates him. It's crazy. Yeah. 
the dude is an, an animal. Yes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think boxing has has made a huge comeback over the last few years. Um, like the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fights. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fights like that. And then you got these young up and coming boxers that that a lot of people are paying attention to, like Ryan Garcia and Teofimo Lopez and and uh, Tank. What's his name? I know his nickname is Tank. I can't believe I can't I really remember his name. He just fought the other night, not not too long ago. Um, Tank Davis. It's hard to keep up, like as a casual boxing you know f- fan. It's hard to keep up unless you're entrenched mm-hmm. in boxing and you you bleed blo- boxing you you know you if you're that person you know who the yeah. up-and-coming fighters are but like used to if you were a casual fan you would know uh, you know you could name off a ton of fighters but now it's kind of like you don't know who's who anymore mm-hmm. and yeah who's hot who's not and it just they it takes so long for them to build up their championship resume you know because they fight so sparingly i mean they fight maybe once a year yeah so if that it's 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 just not the same yeah and it's same thing same same thing with wrestling it's not the same anymore uh, again just like james said i grew up with the attitude era too when you know they had dudes jumping off of freaking cages freaking mick foley on, cut on, up bleeding. onto 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 a table full of like safety pins and shit like <laughs> yeah, you know Sting, <laughs> goldberg um all those guys. You know, you had Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin Nash. coming into the ring, drinking some beer, chugging beer, and and flipping off the crowd with both hands. And you know, Fuck you yeah. can't do, you can't do that anymore. You know, you yeah. can't you can't put that on. And TV I feel like anymore. once it's already been done, when someone else tries to do it later on, it's just so played out. And that's what's happening with entertainment wrestling. It's all yeah. just been done before, and it's been done to the pinnacle in mm-hmm. the '90s. Yeah. Yeah. And and now it's just like it appeals to the younger kids. Like, mm-hmm. but when wrestling was popular when we were kids, it was like I feel like it had a bigger audience. Now uh, the audience absolutely. is narrowed and, and small. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember going to middle school and getting in trouble because I was doing the suck it sign. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Stop doing it. <laughs> you suck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how many times I spent in seeing, ISS because I was doing the suck it sign from <laughs> seeing Vince McMahon <laughs> yeah. getting you know beat up and getting in fights. Like yeah. that was cool back then. This is episode sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's good to have you back, Aaron. It's good to be You're back. gonna have it's to good. jump back behind the mic more oh, often, yeah, man. You know, sixty-nine's coming up. Ah, you <laughs> yeah, might have we, to make we, an appearance <laughs> on that one. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, I'm James. Aaron Pena. I'm Adrian.
and we'll see you guys next week for episode 69. Peace.